0: Welcome to the Dripping in Black podcast, where we celebrate Black excellence throughout the Black diaspora. Here's your host, David V. Lewis.
1: What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. And per usual, we have another fantastic guest who represents Black excellence. Today's guest is Ms. Vanessa Parker. Vanessa, say hello to the world.
2: Hello, world.
1: All right. So we're going to delve into a little bit about Vanessa and learn about uh, what she does in terms of Black excellence. Let's begin with a simple question. Um, That is, who is Vanessa Parker?
0: Okay, so I don't know if it's that simple, but... (laughs) Vanessa Parker, Um, besides being a registered nurse for 26 years, I've been married to a phenomenal man, uh, Lee Parker, and we have three daughters, and that's Sasha, Journey, and Sone, and they're truly the love of my life. Sasha's 24, and she's also a, um, a registered nurse. She graduated from New York University and mm-hmm. um, Marion, and then um, my daughter Journey just graduated. She's now uh, working in Georgia and um, HBCU TSU. Oh, graduate! Mm-hmm. So, um, and then my baby, she's nineteen. Also, she's at TSU, going into her sophomore year. It's been a lot of work, but now you know weeping the um all the flowers now so yeah and i have three dogs golden doodle and two chihuahuas
1: okay what are the dog names
0: okay golden doodle uh scally wally (laughs) and um gucci and bonnie bella
1: okay And uh, so what, where, where did you, where were you born? What city were you born in?
0: Well, I'm actually from Tennessee. I was born in um, Jackson, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. little bitty country town. Myself, my cousins, my brother, we were all born in the same little house. Mm -hmm. And there was a midwife down the street that delivered all the babies in that little area. So it was no going to the hospital and, all of that it was in Big Mama's room, <laughs> so we were all born. I think it's about eight of us. We were all born in Big Mama's room, and um we all graduated from high school and went to college,
1: okay and all did you go to high school in Tennessee? No Tennessee?
0: um, I moved up to um Pontiac when I was about right about four years old. So and I grew up in um, Pontiac, Michigan.
1: Okay. All right, Yak time. All Yak right. Time. So, looking at your your bio, your sheet that you provide us prior to the show, mm-hmm. you have a couple of um, things that you do really well that um, I want to dive into. Okay. Um, first thing that interests me is you went into the army. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what what attracted you to the Army?
0: Well, I was originally scheduled to go to um, Oakland University for nursing because I've always wanted to be a nurse. Okay. And um, when the time came, I really didn't know how to go to college. I was working at McDonald's and... Um, my mom and they like they were not like they were like, oh, I guess you can pay for college while you work at McDonald's. And I didn't know a lot at 18, but I knew McDonald's wasn't gonna pay for college. So um for me, I, I knew that I had to go to college and or I would be stuck. Wow. And I was so afraid of being stuck. Um, I, you know, always thought about breaking those, those cycles and families, you know, and I knew that there is a certain path. Like I, I, ha- I had to get out. I had, I'm not working at no McDonald's to pay for no college. I'll just join the army. I mean, I didn't want to just like, oh, we'll join the army. I wanted to go to college like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I wanted to Actually, I wanted to go to Tennessee State University. So that's mm-hmm. ironic, right?
2: Yeah. But
0: um, it didn't happen that way. So I said, oh well, I just have to do what I have to do to go to college. And I joined the army. And it was um September 24th, 1986. I remember standing down there in Fort Jackson, mm-hmm. South Carolina, mm-hmm. and it was so hot. And I thought, Lord Jesus, have mercy what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was, um, I was, I was standing there and then they were like hollering and yelling and I'm like, man, you don't even need all that hollering and yelling. I'm like, what is this? Is <laughs> the army. But, um, I just knew like, okay, okay. That's just a mental thing. I'll have to just, it's all in the head. And my whole thing was, I knew I had to, um, Succeed because with so many people saying, Girl, now you know good and doggone well, you can't do no push up. You know good and doggone yeah. well, you're not going to do this. And it was like, it was me against the world. And I was like, I don't even know how to do a push up, but hmm. I'm going to do a push up and I'm going to run two miles and I'm going to pass whatever test they put in front of me. And that's what I did. So when it came to do, you had to do two push ups and we were all waiting in line and it was. I Remember being so scared, like,
2: give me strength, Lord.
0: And I got my little self down there, five, ten, hundred and fifteen pounds. And I did my two push-ups.
1: Okay. There you go. Yeah. So I'm a uh I'm a social studies teacher by trade. Okay. And one of the things we talk about, I really just thought about this when I was looking over your form. Um, we talk about this with regards to um uh, uh geography and you know in migration we talk about the push and pull factor mm-hmm. right the push factor is things that drive people away from an area yeah all right and then there's a pull factor that attracts people to that particular area mm-hmm. right so if you're going to leave somewhere you got to have there's probably a reason why you're leaving that place yeah and then it's all these places to choose from to end up so it has to be something that attracts you to the place that you end up all right so that's the general idea of push pull so I started thinking like that doesn't just apply to migration it applies a lot in life right so I'm thinking about you getting to the army so some of the things that pushed you is you didn't want to be stuck
2: yeah
1: but what pulled you to the army You know, you could have done the Air Force. You could have done (laughs) the Navy. You could have done um, what's the what's the Uh,
0: because my dad, my dad was in the army back in his day. Okay. Um, my dad, my father and my stepfather. They were in the army. And so to me, that was just a logical place to go.
1: Okay. All right. So tradition. Yeah. All right. Very good. So let's talk about your first love, which led you to the Army, and that was nursing. Yes. Right. So you are currently an RN, Yes. Right?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: But A you master's
0: prepared to... RN.
1: Yeah. <laughs> A master's prepared RN, and we'll dive into that.
2: <laughs> okay. Um,
1: I got some questions about RN and, and that kind of thing that I want to, you know, put onto this podcast so that people get some information about what that actually means but let's talk about when you knew you wanted to be a nurse
2: okay
0: so I was in Tennessee because after we moved here we would still go there every summer Mm. and I was eight years old and my cousin was 10 and I just remember saying to her what do you want to be when you grow up and she says I want to be a nurse and I said I do too Because I'm the oldest girl in my family, so my cousins, I looked at them as my big sisters because I didn't have that, you know. So my cousin Sonia says, I want to be a nurse. And I said, that's what I want to be. And she went on and she became a nurse and I followed right behind her and became a nurse.
1: Okay. Is it something specific about the nurse the characteristics of a nurse that attracted you to that particular
0: uh, uh, providing care mm-hmm. to um um people that are in need. Mm-hmm. That's that's the main thing, providing care. All
1: right. And so you are a master's tell give it to me again. I don't want to mess it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a registered nurse, but mm-hmm. I have my master's with a specialty in education.
1: Okay. And so, uh, in layman terms, explain what the difference is. If I'm a, if I'm a registered nurse without that master's in education, mm-hmm. how do I differ from who you are?
0: Uh, well, let's see. You have uh, your registered nurse. That, um, for example, when I graduated from nursing school in '95, I graduated from Oakland Community College, mm-hmm. but I was still an RN. registered nurses have these different levels that are just so weird and we've been working on trying to pull it to one forever but every time you turn around there's a nursing nursing shortage so um that's why you have your two-year nursing you have your four-year nursing and then you have your master's in nursing and now you have your nurse practitioners Mm -hmm. so I hit my RN and then I went back to get my bachelor's in nursing BSN. And then just recently I completed my master's.
1: Okay. All right. And so if I'm just fresh out of nursing school, I'm a registered nurse. Yes. What's my day-to-day like?
0: Well, <laughs> so I'm going to go back because my day-to-day now is totally different from my day-to-day then. hmm I, I'm just going to say, when I graduated from nursing school, you would have thought that I became like the president of the United States. <laughs> I was so happy. I Absolutely. had t-shirts that had RN. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted everybody, when I stepped out of my car, to know that I was a registered nurse. That's how I was happy. That's how happy I was. Um, I lived in Waterford, and I went down to Detroit. I wanted to work in Detroit. And everybody was saying... Are you crazy? Why do you want to go work in Detroit? At that time, I was working at St. Joseph in Pontiac, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see more of me. Yeah. In Pontiac at St. Joseph, I only knew maybe about four or five registered nurses. Mm. And I said, I'm going to go to Detroit. Detroit's not that bad, but I know this much is there are a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite sure there are a lot of black nurses, and I just want to get that feel. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made because everybody was saying, "Oh, girl, don't be going down there in Detroit." And I did. I was at St. John in Detroit, and man, it was an experience. It was hard. Don't get me wrong. I ooh, there was plenty of tears because mm-hmm. it was hard work, and mm-hmm. I had people's lives on my hand and other nurses would say you know what do you think you're doing you got to do this you got to do that like it was hard work but um I made it over the hump
1: yeah I want to park there a little bit though so why was it so important to be around people like yourself right so you already have a job you're out in in Pontiac right where you live and just, just not enough representation out there why was that so important for you at that time
0: okay so i'm going to be straight up honest um at that time when i was working at that hospital um they i had nurses because i was a nurse aide going through nursing school mm-hmm. nurses Caucasian nurses would say, oh my God, you make such a great nurse aide. Why are you going to nursing school? Were you a nurse in the army? Well, why do you want to do that? Mm -hmm. And I would say, why are you a nurse? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And there was time and time again, and I was just like,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, enough of this foolishness and shenanigans. I don't need this. I don't want this. And when I become a nurse, I want to go where someone is going to embrace me, hold me, and teach me everything I need to know to be a great Black nurse. And that's exactly what I get. Oh, my God. A lot of those nurses, they're retired now, but we are still friends. And I talk to them because basically they cherried me. Mm -hmm. And they made sure I knew everything that I needed to know to be a great nurse. And I mean, you can't ask some more. And I would not have gotten that um, where I was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's a great part of your story to, to recognize, um, you know, cause sometimes uh, an insult can be covered up so well, you don't realize it's an insult. Yes. Right. But this yes. is a slick way of trying to put limitations on you. You recognize that. And then you did something about it. So I I think that that's a great part of your story that I'm glad we were able to capture. Now, another question. (laughs) So I've heard of RNs and I've heard of LPNs. What's the difference?
0: Uh, A licensed practical nurse. um, There is usually like a one year Mm. and they. They pretty much learn like just the skills of um, taking care of of patients. Mm -hmm. So each level, there's a different level that you learn. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. And things have changed because uh, when I uh, first started, LPNs were still working in the hospital. I had LPNs that I was over because they always had to be assigned to a registered nurse. But they ran circles around me, wow. And and they would call me, okay, Miss RN, you got that blood hanging down there. What you gonna do about it? -hmm. I'm like, uh, I don't know. What should I do about it? Mm -hmm. So they carried me like they they get in my case. I mean, they get in my case, Mm -hmm. um, because they're thinking, hey, you're representing. I'm an LPN. You're an RN. Mm -hmm. You need to know all these things and. I'm forever grateful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the difference. Now things have changed because now most LPNs are working in the nursing homes. Okay. So it's just politics.
1: Mm -hmm. Politics. Uh, To become an LPN takes less schooling?
0: Yes, less schooling.
1: So if a young lady wants to go and become an RN, but wants to get that LPN first... Mm-hmm. Would that be a good move?
0: It's it's up to the individual. I'll say this. I know a lot of RNs that started there. So it's different for each individual. It depends on what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Some can start right in your registered nurse school and go right through, but some, they have to start here in order to take a step there. So it just depends. I There are so many nurses that I know that Um, are nurse practitioners or they have their masters and they started as an LPN. I was just, I was able to go to the, uh, right to RN school. So Mm -hmm. that was a blessing. But if I had to advise someone, I would really tell them, girl, go ahead. Just, I know it's a sacrifice, but it's going to be worth it. Go and get your RN Mm -hmm. because it opens up so many doors. Yeah. LPN, some you're limited here, but once you get that just extra year, the clouds open up.
1: Okay. Wow. And so now I'm thinking about you've been in the army. When did you go in the army again?
0: 1986.
1: How common was that for a black female to go into the army?
0: Well, you know what? Back then, it it was Come, I knew a few of my classmates um, that had gone on to the army, so it wasn't out of the ordinary. But we were still outnumbered by men, Mm -hmm. especially I was in um, stationed in Frankfurt, Germany. So I was really outnumbered by men, but I was okay with that.
1: (laughs) All right, but uh, were there any? I I don't want to be presumptuous, so I ask it this way uh were did you face challenges because of your gender and your race um
0: when you, I was in the army
1: you were in the Army
0: you know what i no mm. no i I didn't, and I think now with everything that you hear, I find myself thinking back like was I just so young that I didn't realize it was happening um but no i I just didn't um. I didn't have that problem. I I just, a lot of different people just seemed to gravitate me. So, so many people just kind of helped me out.
1: Wow. So yeah,
0: I didn't. And and can I just say one more thing? When I was in Frankfurt, Germany, um, and it was close to time for me to to end my service. And I knew I wasn't going to Mm re-enlist because I wanted to go to college. Mm -hmm. And the um, sergeant that was the recruiter Would go around to each person and say, do you want to re-enlist? You want to re-enlist? And she would just skip over me each time. And (laughs) I remember I said, I remember her name. I said, Sergeant Miller, I have a problem with you. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, what's the problem? And I said, well, I've been watching you go back and forth, asking everyone else if they want to re-enlist. Do you think that I'm not capable (laughs) of doing this again? And she says, um, Heinz, no, I know you need to go to college. Wow. You need to be in college. So that's why I didn't ask you. And that's it. Go to college because that's where you need to be. And I said, OK, I'm just checking to make sure that you didn't think <laughs> that I couldn't do it. Yeah. I was going to college anyway. <laughs> so, All
1: right. So you have a master's in education. Are you nursing nursing education? Nursing education, but yes. are you using that to educate people on nursing?
0: Okay, so now that you mentioned that, um, I was just hired at um Oakland University. You see how life makes that circle? Because circle. I was supposed to go and now I'm teaching. Wow. So I start uh in September and I will be teaching nursing students. Wow, and so, I am so happy about that, like I am so happy i I am so happy
1: <laughs> well, one of the things you talked about uh in your um in your forum, you talked about uh education in the black community, yes uh, as a topic to discuss, so I'm just going to open the floor for that What would you like to discuss with regards to education in in the african American community?
0: Well, you know, I'll start with um like with my girls, we were talking about college, like from the very beginning. I remember when my oldest, she's 24. Like I just, I, I pushed learning and all of that. And I remember she was in, she was two years old and she was in daycare because we weren't. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember she had just turned two years old and the daycare it was like a learning center and says, Sasha doesn't know all her colors. And I was like, Sasha, is only two. Mm-hmm. He said, well, all the other kids know all their colors, but wow. Sasha doesn't know. And I, I, I remember going to the store and I bought this book that had apples and turtles and all this stuff and had all these colors. And you better believe within two days. She was really smart, anyway. But within two days, I taught her all those colors because my thing was, no, mm-hmm. my kid is going to be where everyone else is, mm-hmm. and I pushed it with my kids, like not like a crazy woman pushed it, but it was just important to me. And you know, with my middle one with reading, she was reading at five, and when she got to the first grade, she was in the second grade for reading Mm. but she stayed they they were like well you know we can place her in the second grade but she didn't have those social skills yet for the second grade so I said no she can go over there and read across the hall with them other kids and go back with the other kids because socially that's where she was at Mm. so and the same with my oldest daughter the the middle school and the high school um, she would walk over to the high school for math because that was her thing. So I just pushed it. And any kid that came to our house, I talked about college. And, and I thought, I don't know, I could be the first person to ever talk to them. I just wanted them to remember that Miss Parker said this and that. And when it came time to go to college, because I didn't have anyone to tell me what to do, They would tell their friends who wanted to go to college and didn't know what to do. Well, maybe you can talk to my mom and she'll tell you what you need to do. Mm -hmm. That was a blessing. Like, I'm like, yes, you need some help. Let me tell you what I can not give you no money, child, but I can tell (laughs) you where you can get some from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is an interesting conversation that I think we could talk a lot about. I do want to delve into a little bit, um, because within our community, the value of education is something that um I've been discussing with you know a lot of my friends and mm-hmm. um you know, do you feel like our community as a whole places a high value of education? Let me frame it this way um you know to to get an education in order to get a job is one thing, mm-hmm. but to get an, to get educated just to know is something different right? There's a yes. different value meant, value. Yes. Uh, placed on those so where do you think we are are we more leaning towards an education for as a means to an end or do you see us as a people really valuing the learning part of education
2: Hmm.
0: i think we're still stuck in that little area of just the value of saying i have i have this and not really taking that value of everything that comes with it, like that deep learning, like what are you getting out of it?
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, so I think that's an important message that we have to get out is there is value in knowing. Yes. You know, exactly. Exactly. There is, there is this push, and I'm not against this push about uh, entrepreneurship trade schools, things mm-hmm. of that nature, you know, those things that lead you to an end and specifically material end, Yes, uh, what the work you put in, right? There is value in that. I'm not poo-pooing yeah. that, but there's also the value of knowing that I think our community needs to at least, um, I guess, reacquaint themselves with. Yes. You know, I think that goes a long way in terms of our schooling, but um, I asked you the question and I gave the answer. I don't know. I don't know there you
0: go. There you go. <laughs> but you know what? But that is so important because now that's all I'm hearing this. Oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have my own. I want to have my own. Mm-hmm. And even if my daughters have said, oh, yeah, you know, I have this slash business. I want to do this and that. And I I explained to them and it's easy to just tell them but I pull up examples. I said, do you know that the young lady that owns Lip Bar, mm-hmm. Lip Gloss, Lipstick, mm-hmm. she worked Wall Street and she worked there for five years. Wow. And then she decided, hey, i want to get out there and do my own thing. This is my passion. Uh, basically, I, I teach them sometimes you have to start maybe not exactly where you want to start to be where you want to be. So it's easy to just say, I'm going to just go out there and open my business. Okay, well. Do you know about contracts? Do you know all of those things? Do you have some money saved? Mm. You know, those things are so important because if you think that you're going to just step out of college and just open this business, this is my thing with my kids. So then that means that you think you're going to be in my pocket.
2: (laughs) And that's a problem. (laughs) That's a problem.
0: (laughs) Because I, you know, I... Me and my husband, we set the state, like we we put it out there, but it's like this. You need to get to that level where you can take care of yourself. Indeed. They can always come back home. Yeah. But you're not going to come here so that you can build your eyelash company straight out of the college. Yeah. And think that there's nothing else that needs to be done. Yeah. You, buy, you need gas money, you know. Yeah. You need those little things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So not
0: a lot of parents agree with that. I've even had people say to my children, uh, my youngest one right now, she's doing an internship with DTE. And then she works at a clothing store after that because she wants a new car. Well, guess what? You want a new car. You need to put your money together. You need to save your money and buy a new car. And that's what she did. We're looking for a new car because she was able to save. She had ladies at work to say, oh, my goodness, you shouldn't have to focus on that. You need to just focus on school. Okay, how about you stand out of the Parker's business? Yeah. And let me raise my kids the way that I want to. Yeah. And And it works.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So here's a question that I like to ask, and I like to think of it from a lens of A younger person is watching this and hearing your story. All right. So what advice, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your younger self? And let's do this in two parts. So you went into the army. What advice could you, knowing what you know now, would you give to your younger self prior to entering the army? Let's start with that one.
2: Boy,
0: it's going to be okay. Okay. Um, You have to be strong. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're out there by yourself, but you're not the only one out there by yourself. Okay.
1: Excellent. All right. And so you, you leave the army. Mm -hmm. Um, That was your plan. You wanted to make sure that they knew that that was your plan and that you could have stayed if you wanted to. But you did leave <laughs> and you go going to register, nurse, become a registered nurse. Yeah. All right. What advice would you give your younger self going into that arena?
0: <laughs> everything. Everything is not as it seems. <laughs> um, sometimes plans are made. To be changed.
1: Sometimes plans are made to be changed. Why would you tell your younger self that?
2: <laughs> well, it's
0: so, so funny and this is so weird, but when I graduated from um, nursing school and I said, okay, now I'm, I'm going to leave Michigan. I'm ready to bust this popsicle stand. <laughs> and I was ready, like, Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. Always had a plan. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to work for a year, and then after that, I'm going to move to Indianapolis. I don't know a soul in Indianapolis. (laughs) Why did I say that? (laughs) But for some reason, it sounded like a cool place to live. (laughs) So that's what my plan. I'm going to save my money, and I'm going to do that, and I'm not going to meet any men. Because I don't need any interruptions in my life. Oh. And that was exactly. I don't need any interruptions. I got plans. I ain't got time to be dealing with <laughs> the male persuasion. <laughs> okay. And that's what I started doing. You know, I've saved my little money and this and that and doing my thing. And you know what happened? I'm at work one day. My husband's the rain County Sheriff. Mm-hmm. And he was there guarding a patient. Mm. And he was talking, oh, no, no. I was like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. you can't talk, <laughs> but I got a plan. I'm leaving here. <laughs> and every time he would, you know, he was there for a while guarding this guy. Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, okay, no, I have plans. Mm-hmm. And it's not with you. <laughs> Or anybody in Michigan. And it just went on. Mm-hmm. And he just so happened to call me one day because I didn't give him my number. Mm-hmm. You know, I, at that time, I'm thinking, okay, you know, free meal, free movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just so happened to call me one Friday and said, What are you doing? I'm off work. I'm off work too. Why don't you come down to Detroit? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, good. Because I work in Detroit, but I didn't really. Mm-hmm. And I went down to Detroit and he drove me around and I saw all types of funny, crazy things, beautiful mm-hmm. things and all of that. And we've been together ever since.
1: <laughs> right. The rest is history. So you've been together for how many years? So you've been married X amount of years, but how many years have you been together together in totality?
0: 26. 26.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So thing the plan changed.
0: The plan changed for the good.
1: Yeah. But yeah. All right. So now you're going into your teaching. Right. So I'm gonna ask this question and we're 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 wrapping it up here a little bit, but um if you had a switch that you could flip to take your teaching to the level and get the results that you want from your teaching. If you could flip a switch and that switch would entail everything you need to take that teaching and and have it produce what you wanna produce, what would that switch be? For
0: students to remember me and say that I made a difference in their life. Absolutely. That, that's major. Yeah. That's my goal.
1: Okay. Excellent. All right. So that brings us to the most important question that we ask of all of our guests. Okay. It surpasses all the previous questions. It's why we save it for last. And that is: Have you ever been on the cover of a magazine? No. Really. right okay all right well one of the things we do at the dripping in black podcast is for each guest we create a magazine cover for them for our dripping in black magazine okay all right and here is your cover (laughs) Wow. (laughs) yeah wow all right and so that is uh going to be a parting gift. Okay. As a thank you for coming on to the Dripping in Black podcast. Um, as you can see over my shoulders, um, from season one, we have quite a few of our former guests. we okay. call them our alum in their, their magazine cover. So you will get yours uh sent out to you uh in the not too distant future.
0: Okay, sounds great.
1: Yeah. So we want to thank you Miss Vanessa Parker for coming on. I feel like I can talk to you a little bit more. We could delve into how you last in a marriage for 25 years at some point. Uh, we can delve into Good conversations the of raising three daughters. Yeah. Um but uh we will have to leave um our conversation where we are, where we are at this point. Okay. All right. Um there's a question from our producer. Um, he's asking about a song you sang at the reunion. <laughs>
2: Nasty girl. Oh no! <laughs> I get in trouble for that. <laughs>
1: All right? Yes. Do, do we want the story behind that, or, or? nope? <laughs> We may have footage. We may have no, footage. No, you don't. No, you don't. We will
2: look. <laughs> okay.
0: That's funny, Sean.
1: All right. So again, we want to thank you, Miss Vanessa Parker, for coming out to the Dripping the Black podcast, and we want to ask our audience to hang on for the final segment, which is called the last drip. Uh, and thanks again.
0: Okay, thank you. Up next, The Last Drip, but first, a message from Anchor.
1: A dripping in Black thanks to Vanessa Parker, first and foremost for her service in the U.S. Army, but also for sharing her story of Black excellence with us. However, we have reached the final segment of our podcast called The Last Drip, The Last Drip is the last opportunity for us to squeeze in a bit more Black excellence for you. In this final segment, we highlight a common thread between our guests and our vast and rich African-American history. For this episode, we recognize the long and distinguished career of Hazel Johnson Brown. Born in Westchester, Pennsylvania in October 1927, like our guest Vanessa Parker, Hazel as a child set a goal to become a nurse. She would go on to accomplish excellence in both the military and nursing professions in 1950 hazel graduated from the harlem hospital school of nursing in new york she worked in the hospital's emergency ward for three years johnson brown then moved back to pennsylvania and worked at the philadelphia veterans administration hospital within three months she became the head nurse while completing her bachelor's in nursing at villanova university she enlisted in the military in 1955 and served in both Japan and Korea, where she trained nurses during the Vietnam War. While in the army, Johnson Brown earned a master's degree in nursing education from Columbia University in 1963. She also gained a doctorate in education administration from the Catholic University of America in 1973. In 1976, she became the director and assistant dean of the Walter Reed Army Institute of Nursing. In 1979, Johnson Brown was nominated the first African-American chief of the U.S. Army Nurse Corps and promoted to Brigadier General, becoming the first African-American woman to earn that rank. Following her retirement, she served as a professor of nursing at Georgetown University and George Mason University. In her distinguished career, Hazel Johnson Brown became a trailblazer who broke racial barriers in nursing and the armed services. And on September 28th, 2021, she became this episode's last Drip. For more on the outstanding life and legacy of Hazel Johnson Brown, check out nurse.org, chamberlain.edu, and blackwomenwhoknowtheirworth.wordpress.com. My thanks to all of these websites for the knowledge. The Dripping in Black podcast can be found on the DIBK channel on YouTube, subscribe, comment, like and share and tell a friend to tell a friend. Our audio podcast can be found on the most popular podcast platforms. Also, you can like us and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at dibk20. The Last Drip is a great source to learn about the many untold and undertold stories of black excellence that exist throughout history, and it is truly a perfect way to conclude our episodes. So until next time, be kind, be loving, and be excellent on purpose. It is a choice.
0: You have just experienced a Dripping in Black production.